0: This is the Hot Stove Report.
1: Going, going. Goodbye, baseball.
0: On 710 ESPN Seattle, 710Sports.com, and the 710 Seattle app. Yes,
1: welcome into the Hot Stove Show. Happy as always to have you with us Aaron Goldsmith, Gary Hill, Shannon Dreyer, Diego Juan Wilder running things for us this evening. Uh, guys, it is uh, raining outside, it is
0: freezing what? outside.
1: It is. There was snow today, and uh, Shannon, as I just learned from you, you are like, uh, I mean, you're basically driving to SeaTac in the second hour to go down to Arizona. I'm
2: actually already there, Aaron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you're going down, like like Marco just signed this mega deal, and like you're going to beat Marco to spring training.
2: That's fine with me. It, it, it snowed at my house. I got actually a significant amount of snow today, so I'm, I'm glad it's time. It's let's get this thing going. I'm ready. All right. All and right. I hope my shoes make it.
1: All right. Every year the shoes. This is like this is a segment, Shannon shoes.
2: Oh, well, we covered it last week. But I've, yes, I've, yes I've, okay. they're safely on the truck, or so I've been told.
1: Okay, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Now the You'll keys. Find out. Yes, all that's coming. <laughs> all that is coming. Well, hey, some uh, really uh, thrilling news for the Mariners organization today, as uh, we had the official paperwork filed with Marco Gonzalez and Jerry Depoto. Marco's signing uh, a really. My goodness, Gary, a well-deserved extension. If you think of a guy that you would want to have around for years to come who kind of sets the tone and sets an example, especially for his peers in the rotation and the pitching staff. I mean, Marco's the guy, a four-year deal, four-year extension. It'll start in 2021. This is fantastic news for everybody.
3: It really is, all the way around. Great for him, great for the Mariners. And You talked about it. I mean, with think about all the young guys they're going to have in the clubhouse in the next couple of years, and to have him as a leader – in that organization, I think is a really big deal. On top of everything else, you look at the production, too, and it's amazing. It's something we've talked about. Just look at the innings pitched alone. Right. I mean, so few guys are even qualifying at this point, let alone reaching the 200-inning mark. And I I think there were 18 total this year. There were 15 15 the year before. Compare that to 2005. There were 50. And Marco's one of those guys. I mean, the value of just getting that 200-inning mark let alone the production within the 200 innings.
1: And, Shannon, I know I've heard some of your comments about this in, in the recent days since this news has come out that this extension would happen. And, I think mean, you brought up a great point, which is Marco has this this air of a veteran, and he certainly pulls that off, and it's, it's genuine. And really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he hasn't been around that long.
2: And it keeps hitting me more and more. I was at the press conference today and going over all the comments and listening back to it, and he's had two full big league seasons And you wouldn't know that. I mean, he has embraced the leadership role. It's part of him. And one of the interesting things that he said today, and it's something to keep in mind with a lot of these players, is that when he was, you know, you remember when the Mariners first got him, he was coming back from the injury. He could barely get him to the fifth inning. He got through the fifth inning once. And you were wondering, okay, what have you got right now? Uh, He said that he would kind of lost his first-round mentality. He's a former Mm -hmm. first-rounder. And when that kicks in and when he got back to that and had confidence in the health, we saw what he was all about. And I don't think that ever really leaves a player. And, and to see uh, just how fiery he's been, to see that, yeah, I'll take on the leadership. I don't care if I've only got two years of service time. No problem. And to know everything that he's been through. He got called up a little bit early for the Cardinals. He's pitched in the postseason. He's gone through a major surgery. He's come back from it. He's done a little bit of everything sure. in a short amount of time.
1: We will hear from Marco in one moment. First, let's hear from General Manager Jerry DiPoto today at the signing.
0: What Marco has been really since the day he got here uh, back in 2017 is, is truly one of the most consistent pitchers in the American League. And over these last two seasons, 18-19, uh, has ranked in the top 10 in the league in innings pitched and wins. And, you know, very quietly in war, wins above replacement for starting pitcher, you know, which is not to be taken lightly. Uh, we found him to be a foundational piece in what we were trying to build. And he does it with a competitiveness that I think drives the team around him. That is uh, perhaps among the 25 guys, we would soon be 26 in our clubhouse the thing that stands out most about Marco, uh, One of the more competitive players I've run across in, in doing this job. Uh, he's got feel, it's high character, he's prepared, he understands what his job is, and he knows how to mix uh, a series of pitches that limit hard contact and keep hitters off balance among the best in the league at what he does. And at a time where the best pitchers in the league are often throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour, Marco goes out there and does his 90-91 thing and keeps pace with all of them. And I think that's reflective of maybe how he grew up, the way he was taught, and his feel for pitching. So uh, we think this is hopefully the first of multiple of these conferences to discuss where we're going with Marco and and believe he's not just a, a part of what we're doing on the field but so critical to developing this young team in the clubhouse.
1: That was General Manager Jerry Depoto in, in a very bold sport coat, might I add, today. Anybody else see this?
2: That's the signing sport coat. Is Haven't we seen sport? that before? I, okay. I, I, was I think to... that we have seen that before.
3: I feel like we have. Yeah, I think that's
1: right. It, d- it does not diminish the boldness. Can we agree?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Feels like we have a segment on the next it.
3: wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: Jerry his, Depoto's closet. <laughs> his, his sport coats have
1: come up many a time, actually. Uh, now let's hear from the man of the hour, Marco Gonzalez. To so the Mariners and and the city of Seattle, I think. We found our home. Um, you know, we we truly believe that the reason that I'm so competitive and passionate here is because this is our home city. Um, this is the place that we're going to defend and um, you know make it our our home stadium. Um, so when
3: people when teams come in here, you can understand why I'm a little fiery and a little feisty sometimes, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, actually, I'm sorry for not being sorry. Um, but I just.
1: I want to. I want to say thank you for opening, uh, welcoming me with open arms, and uh, really just you know appreciating the pitcher that I am and the athlete that I am. And um, I just hope to pay that back and pay it forward to all my teammates, the young guys we have coming up. I know that I have a serious role on, of leadership on this team, and um, I don't take that lightly. And uh, all I want to do is win. And uh, and I think you know what you're going to get from me every fifth day. You know, I'll never forget. We were in Pittsburgh, and uh, years ago, this was way back in like 2013 when the Pirates were really, really doing great things. Clint Hurdle was their manager, and Clint Hurdle had a quote about his clubhouse that I'll never forget. He said, "When you have a strong clubhouse, it's like having a self-cleaning oven." He said, "I never have to worry about it." And when I think about the Mariners having a guy like Marco Gonzalez in their clubhouse, is kind of one of those anchors. I mean, that's the type of piece that you have in your clubhouse that is as important off the field as he is every fifth day on the mound. And I, I can understand why for some fans that might be a hard thing to grasp when you're not around Marco as often as people in the business that are, are as fortunate as we get to be to talk to Marco and get to know him a little bit. But this is I mean, this is an anchor. This is an anchor both what he does with the baseball in his hand and he's an anchor for, I mean, Shannon, all the young guys who are going to be coming up for the Mariners not only this year but in the years to follow and to know that Marco will be there and can kind of be the guy to – Put the arm around a young player, like a Justin Dunn or whoever it might be. I mean, this is critically important, and it's a great signing.
2: And when you think about it, there are so many guys that are out there that really don't want to take that on or, you know, say that they will be the quiet leader or lead by example. Sure, great I mean, point. Marco is already coming up with plans on how they're going to do things in spring training and how they're going to do things as a group and how they're going to watch each other's bullpens because he felt they got away from that or didn't do that quite enough last spring and the value That's in that. He's talked to Justin Dunn a little bit about the relationship that that group had down in AA because he heard of it, but he wasn't a part of that, but wanting to learn a little bit more about that. So, uh, you know, he's been there. He's been through it. He's had great role models. Adam Wainwright was his Mm -hmm. guy coming up with the Cardinals. There's not, you know, he's on the list of great role models in the game right there. And he's willing to take it on and to share it. And that's one of the reasons why. The signing was made, and that's something that another club would be looking at the Mariners. They don't really know. They don't put a value on it, but the Mariners, uh, Jerry Depoto in the press conference said it's been a three-year interview for him. They've had him. They've seen him. They did all the due diligence before they got him. Marco was brought up in the game. His dad is a pitching coach in the Rockies organization, and they felt very good about him, and I think we've seen that.
3: And you look on the field – the last two years combined, and Jerry Depoto references this as well, in terms of Fangraphs war, I mean, he's in the top 20 in baseball in the last two years combined. I mean, that's, a, that's an impressive group to be a part of.
1: I feel like on a day like this we need to go back and remind folks of those who in various social media forums and platforms <laughs> were just losing their biscuits about Tyler O'Neal getting traded for this lefty who throws like 91 with a changeup. Tyler O'Neill, he can, he can lift a car. I guess, it, I guess it worked out okay. It worked, you know. It sometimes you got to wait for trades to play themselves out. I, he can lift a car. He can. I mean, he's nice pipes, Tyler. <laughs> oh, thank you. He's very strong. But Marco, uh, this is great, great news. We're going to talk more about Marco Gonzalez with the Mariners' assistant general manager, Justin Hollander, joins us for a couple of segments coming straight up.
3: All things Mariners,
1: all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Glad to have you with us on the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreher, and Gary Hill. You know, we are uh, awfully fortunate in our line of work to work for an organization that is pretty transparent, and at least as transparent as they can be with uh, information regarding uh, player moves, philosophies, and whatnot. Now, we talk to Jared Poto all the time. And uh, now a chance to uh, chat things over with his right-hand man, the Mariners' assistant general manager, Justin Hollander, joins us tonight on the hot stove. Justin, how are you, my friend?
4: Devastated to not be a part of this Dodgers-Red Sox win streak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean...
4: Is it that, I, uh, I mean, is Jerry, I with Jerry, and he said, I mean, he's a mess right now. He said in my, I just, I don't know what to do. I'm just cooking popcorn. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, so, uh, yeah, we are, we're out in the cold. We're doing hot stove talk and just signing extensions. And this is not the Mariners that you've come to know and love.
1: You know, every time that there's a three team deal that doesn't involve Jerry, I see him just getting really moody for like a <laughs> week, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I would not want Uh, to be in the office.
4: very, very disciplined this spring. Uh, This spring and this winter, Jerry, is he's a whole new man. The Mariners (laughs) have been very low-key this winter.
1: Well, as we've noticed, uh, there have been a couple of extensions that we're eager to talk to you about. Uh, Obviously, the one of uh, of right now is Marco Gonzalez. Uh, We've uh, heard Marco uh, here on 710 throughout the day. We just heard a soundbite from him and from Jerry from earlier today at the ballpark discussing the extension. What can you tell us, Justin, about kind of the – backworking of this, I know you can't reveal everything, but what might you be able to tell us about how this came about and obviously the Mariners' long-term desire to have Marco in the fold?
4: Sure. Uh, So we sat down, Jerry and I did, with Marco's agents at the winter meetings. Uh, They have a number of players on the free agent market, but primarily the meeting was just to make sure that everyone was in a good place with Marco, and while we were there, uh, both of us expressed an interest in making sure that Marco was with the Mariners long-term. It was really important to him and his wife, Monica, Uh, her family's from here. Marco went to school up here. Obviously, Marco's been, you know, by results and performance, one of the 10 best pitchers in the American League over the last two years. And that's hard to find. Uh, and we feel really good about, um, doing it, uh, and a deal that made sense for us. They saw it similarly to us. Uh, and it really wasn't a knockdown, drag out negotiation where we're wildly far apart in how we saw it. It was, it was really pretty quick. And I think everybody was, very accommodating and, and very willing to to give a little on their end to make sure that Marco is a mariner for a long
1: time. I mean, This must feel awfully nice to have uh, two extensions done uh, before spring training starts. Obviously, Evan White signing the extension. It would appear as though we're going to be seeing a lot of him in Seattle this year. Is this something that you guys, uh, I know Jerry has revealed that when the Evan White extension happened, he said very clearly this will not be the last extension you see us do, whether it be this year or in the years to come. I mean, I'm imagining a whiteboard up here with names and boxes, and you've now checked two of them off. In terms of uh, off-season plans in a quiet off-season, I'm guessing that this is going about as according to plan as you guys would have hoped, if not even maybe a little bit better.
4: Absolutely. And it's something that you know we hope these aren't the, uh, the only two we do. Obviously, I think Jerry mentioned today, if, the, if these sort of deals – have to or or come together it's because everybody gives a little the player wants to be in seattle for a long time the club wants to extend the the guarantee that it wouldn't necessarily normally have to to the player uh but i don't think we're done uh i think we want to build stability we want to build around the core that we've talked about now for the last 12 to 18 to 24 months and this is just part
3: of that Speaking of stability, we've talked about Marco and his production on the field. How much of this helps, though, off the field, him in the clubhouse, especially with the young players you've you've mentioned?
4: Um, I I think it definitely does. I think it's hard to, I guess, value that. Mm-hmm. Other than Marco's very good in the clubhouse, I think his work ethic speaks for itself. His leadership skills, and it, it, you know, knowing that he's going to be here for a long time, uh, I think gives him more freedom to extend his wings a little bit with the next wave of guys, the guys that have already been up here, like justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn. And, and the next group of players that maybe come through the Logan Gilberts and the George Kirby's, you know, he is setting a tone and setting an example, do things the right way. Uh, I'll help you. And you have a chance to be in Seattle for a long time. And I think that's only a positive coming through it uh, with Marco. I think we mentioned this with Evan as well. It just isn't about the, performance it isn't about the talent it isn't about the person it's about all of it if you're going to commit to that kind of money for a player for those kind of years you're looking for the total package and with the guys we've done so far we feel really confident about everything that they bring to the table on the field and off of it
2: justin what kind of projection do you do in looking at the player and looking at the league when you're looking at years and what you are going to do with them and what you're going to offer
4: um, with Marco, it's a little different than somebody like Evan. Obviously, Evan's coming from AA, uh, so it, it's harder to project out what he might do. Uh, he's years away from being arbitration eligible, uh, so it's, it's more guesswork with Evan. Uh, and I guess the, the goalposts are a little wider on what he might do uh, because he has no track record in the big leagues. With Marco, he's a year away from arbitration. There's a two-year track record. Um, he's on a very clear path towards salaries over the next three years. Uh, through his arbitration control years, um, if, if he stays healthy, if he continues to perform. And I think in that respect, as I mentioned, it's it's a little easier for both sides to agree um, what the first three years of this sort of deal should look like because there's a lot of precedent for what players who do things that Marco does get paid through the process. So that made it very easy for us and his agents to come together and, and come up with at least the first three years of what made sense if we were going to go down this path.
1: Justin Hollander is the Mariners' assistant general manager. Kind enough to join us for a couple of segments. This is the first of two here on the Hot Stove Show tonight. Justin, when you and Jerry and the rest of the department are talking about extensions for players and are identifying players for those extensions, uh, can you tell us kind of what's the checklist? What is it that you are looking for on a player where, as a group, you say, yes, this is somebody that we want to pursue serious conversations of having uh, uh, make a Mariner for years to come before they are a free agent?
4: That's a great question. Um, age, certainly a factor in this. Uh, years of control, uh, how far we control the player before they're eligible for agency. Uh, obviously talent level is a big deal. You want to assign the good players for as long as possible. So talent level matters. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> of- I know. Sorry to throw that, that out there. Um, the, uh, the Mariners are not signing me to a five plus, one right <laughs> soon, but, uh, Uh, No, so talent obviously matters how that, how that talent impacts our club. And then I think the window that the club is in, you know, the, you know, the, the life cycle of every team comes and goes. You have your winning windows, your, you know, your now contention windows and then your rebuild windows. Uh, and I know that, that we've made a big deal organizationally that we thought Marco was a part of a contention window when we acquired him. Uh, was, we, we believed in the talent and the age to be able to sustain through a rebuild. And now we're going to like you know I guess the best way say now we are going to employ Marco. Marco is going to be a Mariner through what we hope is a rebuild, and then our return to contention, uh, hopefully as soon as possible.
1: Justin, a follow up on that: are, is there a snowball effect that you could foresee happening with this? First, you get Evan White, then you get Marco Gonzalez, then you get fill in the blank, whoever it might be, and now all of a sudden there is, there. I mean, it's only human nature, right? There has to be more buy-in from guys in the clubhouse when they see that, hey, this guy who's playing so well is here for a while, this guy's here for a while, and now they're going to start talking to me. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes more of an attractive deal to make. Is that something that you could maybe foresee happening?
4: I think so. I hope so. Um, you know, human behaviors, people model after other people. They see achieving things in their life they want to see. Um, I think when... When players do things well, they want to see other players rewarded. When players are rewarded, it is easier for us as an organization to ask players to buy into what we're doing. It's a, it's a cycle, and I think everybody's accountable to that cycle. Um, we hope that by creating stability and transparency with what we do with our coaches, with our front office, with our fans, and our players, that we're creating that sort of cycle where everybody buys into what we're trying to ask everybody to, to do. And when they do, there's a reward at the end of it. There's a reward for the player in financial security. There's a reward for the club and more control. And there's a reward for the fans in the organization, which we hope is winning in playoff games down the line.
1: Well, it's just terrific news for the Mariners and uh, every Mariners fan to have Marco Gonzalez locked up with the extension. We're going to be talking more with Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, coming up on the other side of this timeout.
2: Back to more of the Hot Stove on
1: 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Hot Stove Show rolls along. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreher. And we are joined on the phone once again by Mariners Assistant General Manager, Justin Hollander. Justin, uh, eager to talk to you some about the latest Baseball America top 100 prospect rankings. It turned out very favorably for the Mariners. Only four organizations, as you are well aware, no doubt, Justin, have more players represented in the top 100 prospects in baseball. Uh, If I were you guys, I would be furious that you don't have two in the top 10. You have eight and 11. Oh, gosh, you could have been so close, Justin, to have two in the top 10. But you have the number eight prospect in Julio Rodriguez. Jared Kelnick checks in at number 11. I mean, to me, this has got to be just complete validation for everyone in your department Justin that hey, the, the plan is the plan is in motion this is working the industry is validating the players that you have acquired
4: I think it's great I am really excited for our scouting people for our player development people for our front office for our fans uh, it's it, it's not often that happens you have two of the top 11 prospects you know we have come a long way in this area over a short amount of time. Uh, obviously it required trading some good players and being fortunate to have signed some good players in Latin America, and drafted some players that all sort of came to fruition uh, talent level-wise and performance-wise all in the same year last year, particularly with our Double A group. Uh, it's great news for what comes next for us. Uh, and definitely, you know, obviously last year, a tough year in the big leagues for us, but it, that does validate some of what we're doing is that the talent is coming.
1: You know, one guy that in that, top 5 or the 5 in the top 100 that nobody has seen play minus like maybe some social media grainy clips is Noelvi Marte a very young infielder and really is kind of where Julio Rodriguez was in terms of development a couple of years ago. Marte is uh, per Baseball America Justin is the number 92 prospect in the entire game. Uh, what can you tell us about Noelvi Marte that makes uh, the industry so high on such a young player who has yet to play in the states.
4: Sure, Noelvi's legit. Um, Noelvi has in our in our ver, in our verbiage, Noelvi has big tools. Noelvi can run like really run. Uh, Noelvi's got power. He can throw. Um, Noelvi can do a lot of things, and he is a physical specimen at 17 years old. Um, and obviously, you don't want to put too much pressure on or overhype somebody who's never played in the states. Uh, again, for us, maybe almost as much as any other prospect that was on the list, that selection in the top 100 for Noelvi validates how we feel about him internally. There's a lot of young players with tools at the lower levels of the minor leagues for the industry to tell Baseball America that Noel Lee deserves to be at that spot. I, he had to have been one of the younger players on the list and one of the few players who've not made a stateside debut to be on the list. Um, that feels great for our international scouting department, for our player development department. Um, Noelby really blew up the DSL, particularly in the uh, the last month of the season in August. I know he was their number one ranked prospect in that league, uh, Baseball America's number one ranked prospect at the end of the year. And we're really excited to see what he does over the next couple of years.
2: Justin, one of the things that really jumped out at me, I was waiting for the list of invite players to spring training, and when we got it, just about every name was familiar, and I don't remember ever seeing something like that. There are usually a lot of invites, but you want to see your own players, which is great to see, and one of the groups that I'm going to be most interested to see in spring training is the Young Relievers. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that group and what you've got in individuals and what you think you've got as a whole of the group that's coming up.
4: No, it's a really, really interesting group. Um, guys who have funk and deception, guys who have overpowering stuff. Um, there's guys like Aaron Fletcher, who we acquired from the Nationals last year at the trade deadline, who went out absolutely dominated. Both double-A after we acquired him and then in the fall league. Um, guys like Joey Gerber, uh, who we drafted two years ago from the University of Illinois. Our scouting department did a great job getting him, I believe, in the ninth round. Uh, and Joey... Deceptive, his fastball is unbelievable. It looks like it's coming right out of his side. You can't see the ball, and it's mid to upper nineties, um, and it I would imagine terrifying the face in the box. Uh, there's also guys like Wyatt Mills coming to camp. Uh, Wyatt was our third round pick my first year here in 2017, uh, and Wyatt pitched for Team USA at the end of the season this year. Uh, did a great job for Team USA. Uh, had a really big second half in Arkansas. There's a lot of guys that I think you'll see matriculating in Seattle this year that will form the core of a really good, flexible, unique bullpen.
3: You mentioned a lot of young bullpen pitchers. You have a, a lot of young position players in camp as well. When you watch spring training play out and watch these young guys play in spring training, what are you watching for? What do you look for when they play?
4: Try not to focus on the results because I think we can all get too excited or too disappointed depending on how spring training goes. Every year there's somebody who blows up spring training and then reality sets in uh, when the regular season starts and it's just not that easy. Um, And So you really want to focus on where they're at from a baseball skills perspective, the raw physical tools, their baseball aptitude, how they interact with the coaches and their teammates, their ability to make adjustments and absorb information. Um, I think just watching them on that stage is helpful not for the results but how they react to that stage how they react to big league players because as you guys know you'll get in an early spring training game and you may see Corey kluver or trevor bauer or you name it pitching against somebody like julio rodriguez or jake fraley somebody that is far and above like major league accomplishment level what these guys have ever done uh and it's a chance for them to kind of show out and show what they can do in that moment and it's fun for us to watch obviously
1: Justin Hollander is our guest here on the Hot Stove Show. He is the Mariners' assistant general manager. Justin, what's it, what's it like uh, when you are watching a game and you are in Jerry's box? What are you guys watching for? What is that, what is that like? Is this like real-life fantasy baseball where you're living and dying on every pitch? I have to imagine that's, it can be a little nerve-wracking and also very exhilarating.
4: It, it can be. I try not to ride the highs and lows that hard. Uh, it's probably one of the lessons I've learned over my 14, 15 years of doing this is that you can't live and die on every pitch because you'll grow old very fast. Uh, I typically eat my way through the game.
3: Which is also,
4: doing it. Um, that's my nervous energy. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, you know, you're watching for big picture, you know, d- are we in the right place? Does the roster fit well together? I don't think we – or at least we try not to make very emotional decisions based on what happened in an individual at-bat or an individual pitch um, for big-picture things like what is the future of this player because he did or did not make a play on a, on a double play ball or did or did not come through with a runner in scoring position in the eighth inning of a game in May. Uh, I think you would drive everyone crazy if you lived like that, and it's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned over time is is more watch and – take it all in as opposed to reactionary thinking and acting.
2: Justin, you joked about it a little bit at the beginning of uh, the first segment in that it's it's been quiet and you guys have been bored. And uh, What do you do as a front office in a season where you're not going to be making a lot of moves? What have you done?
4: A lot of focus on our own internal processes, how we deliver information to staff members, how those staff members deliver information to coaches, improving our information platforms, our systems and programs, uh, spending a lot of time with leadership issues and making sure our departments are structured correctly so that when the talent on the field catches up, um, that talent is met with systems and programs that is worthy of them. The day that Julio Rodriguez comes to the big leagues, I want the Major League Hitters Advance meeting to be as good as we think Julio is. Uh, And the same thing with Jared Kellnick, and the same thing with the starting pitcher advance Meeting and Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. So in that respect, we've sort of taken a step back in all areas, including looking at our own systems and programs and making sure that those are wired correctly and effectively to help our players be the best versions of themselves.
3: Okay, i got to know, as we're watching this, Red Sox, Dodgers, Twins, Angels, all this trade happening – Do you watch this unfold in real time as we're watching it, or do you just text like an assistant GM with the Dodgers and find out exactly what's going on? Or are you aware of it before it's happening? I'm not aware of it before it's happening. Okay.
4: I'm actually, I was trying to get my kids to eat dinner, uh, while, while it was unfolding on Twitter. I did send Jeff Kingston, uh, who worked with us in Seattle and who's now with the daughters a text message. He did not tell me what, what was involved in the deal. Uh, but yeah, we're on watching it unfold like everybody else okay. and Jerry and I were texting back and forth about the players involved and who we like the deal for, but it's very much the same experience that everyone else is having. You know, a Red Sox fan or a Dodgers fan. Oh, I like it for this team. I don't like it for this team. You know, we we don't get any heads up on it, so we're we're seeing it just like everybody else. And it's it's awesome for baseball. I think it's pretty cool to see that kind of player movement and those kind of names go coast to coast.
1: Even even he has to get his kids to eat dinner. <laughs> yes, that's my biggest takeaway here. Like, forget inside trade knowledge. He's even like, no, just 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 eat it. Eat. Just eat the dinner. Eat like this. Yeah, like. I said timers. I've That's left it all
4: of my wife's for six weeks, starting on Sunday. So I felt like I should be a participant in the process.
1: <laughs> we have a few minutes left with Justin Hollander, Mariners' assistant general manager. Uh, you know, Justin, I, when even just a moment ago you were naming off a lot of the players that Mariners fans have started to follow online, their journey through the minor leagues. I mean, can it be difficult, even though you know you have to be patient with the process, even for you and Jerry? going to be difficult to wait right i mean you know you hope you know what these young players can do but you have to let it play out you're looking and talking looking at these players names on a whiteboard and you're hearing internal feedback uh, most of it uh, very positive about these players and yet they have to go through the steps how difficult is that in the front office in the organization to know that hey, this this does take a little bit of time
4: I would say the, the watching the losing happen is awful. Uh, not to put, uh, to find a point on it. I've never been a part of something like this. Uh, this will be, I think this year we picked sixth in the draft. I think the highest pick of a team that I've ever worked for in the, again, 14, 15 years that I've been in professional baseball is 15th before this year. So watching that kind of lack of success or, or, or poor play, wins and losses is never, like I've never done it before and it's a big adjustment personally. Um, I think professionally you have to understand the players will tell you when they're ready and if you try and force it, whatever you're hoping to accomplish, you will have gone the other way and it'll make it longer. Forcing things, uh, forcing trades, forcing players through the system to get them here in a hurry to try and save a season or speed up a rebuild process, they'll tell you when they're ready and I think we would be doing a great disservice to the organization. The Mariners and everyone if we just jammed everybody up as fast as we could as opposed to making sure they're They're ready to be good when they arrive.
1: Well, Justin, we appreciate the time, man. It is always a real pleasure to speak with you, and we'll be seeing you in person in Peoria not too long from now. But thank you for uh, taking some time away from uh, a recently finished family dinner and uh, some red-hot stove work around Major League Baseball to join us tonight. We appreciate it, man.
4: See you guys in Arizona soon.
1: You got it. That is Justin Hollander, Mariners' assistant GM. Uh, My favorite, by the way, Justin Hollander story, last spring training, we were like a week from leaving for Tokyo. Logan Gilbert came on to pitch. And this was his, I didn't realize it at that exact moment oh, yes. in time, but this it's was his great story. This was his pro debut, right? Because mm-hmm. he missed the whole year before after being drafted. He had mono. And I, I was foggy on the details as to why he missed time. And I quickly looked him up on Baseball Reference when he was coming out of the bullpen in the middle of an inning. And like his headshot was there, right? His name was there on Baseball Reference, but there was no pitching information. There was no log, and I knew Justin was at the game, and I quickly texted him and I said, "Hey, wh- why didn't why didn't Logan Gilbert pitch last year?" And he said, "Well, he mono." I said, "Thanks." And then he texted me back and he said, "If he does well today, Scott's going to bring him to Tokyo." <laughs> and now, keep in mind, we're like now we're like ten seconds before we come back on air, right? And and I'm doing the play-by-play. I'm like, well, here's Logan Gilbert. What? <laughs> and, and, like, I mean, like, I know Justin well, but I don't know Justin, like, hey, well, let's joke over text messages about player moves well, right? At least I didn't think so. And I'm like, I'm this can't be. No, come on. This, But we're in the inning. Like, I can't, like, be like, hey, Gary, what do you think? Blow, what do you think? I didn't say anything, and then, like, three seconds later, oh, I wrote back, are you serious? He said, I'm kidding. Like, oh, my gosh. So the only comeback I had was to say, I just said it on air, man, which I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, but then I was like, I'm I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But he got me really good. He got me really good. But I thought, this is a lot of pressure for Logan Gilbert. Man, they must think pretty highly of this guy. Uh, great to talk to Justin Hollander, quite the jokester. When we come back, we're going to talk with Jeff Fletcher, who is the beat writer for the Angels. Kind
2: of the- busy right now, isn't yeah, he? I, is, he we, we gonna, is he going to pick up the phone? Have we checked in on him?
1: Uh, he's warned
3: me, yes, he will be on. There's a chance left to go like mid-conversation. Oh, but he's be- coming
1: on. A hot show of history yeah. about to be made. Jeff Fletcher covers the Angels for the Orange County Register, joins us next. All things Mariners, all off-season. The Hot Stove on 710 ESPN Seattle, 710sports.com, and the 710 Seattle Sports app. Glad you're with us, as always, for the Hot Stove Show. Aaron Goldsmith, Shannon Dreyer, and Gary Hill. As we're joined on the phone right now, Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. He is the beat writer for the Angels. And uh, first of all, Jeff, uh, Justin Hollander, we just had on, Mariner's assistant general manager, he wanted me to tell you hello. I guess you were both Ohio guys, and obviously during his time with the Angels, he must have gotten to know you pretty well.
5: Oh, yeah, Justin's a great guy. I, uh, he likes Ohio State, though, and I hate Ohio State. So I always give <laughs> oh, him
1: he, a Now, he did not mention that. hard time when it is. So. <laughs> now, um, you know, Gary has uh, forewarned us that you've basically told him that at any moment you could hang up on us. Is that correct?
5: Uh, that is unfortunately true, yes. <laughs> is, uh, finishing up a trade, I believe, and so I'm just kind of waiting to see when that's going to
1: happen. Okay, well, um, so we'll, we'll, I guess we'll speak quickly here. Uh, so there's obviously okay. a, a big deal that is going down as we speak. It sounds like it's basically at the goal line. If it has not been finalized between the Dodgers and the Red Sox, it involves uh, David Price and Mookie Betts. What is the Angels' ramifications of this deal?
5: Uh, well, it sounds like the Angels are getting Jock Peterson from the Dodgers in exchange for Luis Ranjifo. and uh, without really knowing all the details, I th- it sounds like the Dodgers probably needed to move Peterson to create some payroll space since they're taking on Price and uh, David Price and Mookie Betts. So that kind of sounds like a Dodgers uh, incentive for. As far as the Angels, they're just they had another bat for their lineup. They're going to have a very good deep lineup. Stark Peterson had 36 homers last year, so he now goes into the outfield with Mike Trout and Justin Upton and they have Shohei Otani and, and Anthony Rendon in the middle of their lineup, so uh, they, they should score a lot of runs.
2: Jeff, big moves for the Angels this offseason. Has this been a target year? Is there a window that they are looking at right now, and how did uh, just all of this kind of evolve for the team this year?
5: Well, I think they sort of looked at this year as – Beginning really of their chance to to really contend a lot more than they have recently. They've sort of they've tried every year. They haven't really done a rebuild, but they had looked at certain years where they knew that they didn't want to part with guys from their farm system and they didn't want to spend a lot of money on free agents that they didn't really think were were worth it. So they've kind of been trying to piece it together year to year with guys like Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey, and obviously it wasn't working. But uh, but this year they they went out and they they tried to get Garrett Cole. They came up a little short, uh, on him. The Yankees gave him the most money and I think that's where he wanted to be all along anyway. But then they went and pivoted to Anthony Rendon, who's the best position player on the market. And, uh, they stick him in the middle of the lineup with Trout and, uh, and all these other guys. And I think they feel like you can, you can always improve your team. Even if it's not the way that people think you need to improve your team, you're still getting better if you had good players, no matter what their
0: conditions are.
3: What is the plan with Otani coming into the season? And do I have it right where he could potentially DH for the Angels in a game and then go out on a rehab assignment as a pitcher and not have to go on an IL this year? Is that, do I have that right?
5: That is correct. That is correct. If you're rehabbing an injury as a pitcher, you can make rehab assignments without being on the IL. So he could be an active player. And it's just they would only have, they'd have one less active player that night while he's pitching in the minors. So essentially, he would still be an active player, but he would be sort of off for the day in the minors someplace. Uh, and they could do that, I think. If they, they're probably going to limit his innings this year because he's he hasn't pitched the full season since 2016, so they don't want him to probably just off the top of my head throw maybe 100 or 120 innings. Might be a limit. So if they decide the best way to do that is to not have him start pitching until like May 1st or something like that, they could basically have him do his spring training in April. In the minor leagues as a pitcher, while hitting all along.
1: Jeff Fletcher is our guest on the hot stove. He covers the Angels for the Orange County Register. You know, Jeff, the the Otani wound here in Seattle. I, I mean, what do you think, guys? I mean, that's healed now, right? That's is it healed? Gary, Shannon, is that?
2: I don't want to talk about it. Okay,
1: <laughs> for, like I think I mean that first year was really I think Jeff really difficult for a lot of Mariners fans. Uh, the the organization, Jerry Depoto, they were. We're very transparent with all of the efforts uh, in order to uh, lure Otani to Seattle, which obviously did not work out, so we've been watching him up close and personal in the Mariner's division so often but i'm curious with obviously with Tommy John, which has curtailed his ability to simply be on the field, I mean how would you kind of put into perspective Otani so far as an angel has this Been a disappointment relative to what you were hoping for, or the fan base was hoping for. Has it been a success based on uh, the numbers he's put up offensively? How do you judge what has happened with Shohei Otani in the majors in his young career so far?
5: Well, obviously the fact that he had Tommy John surgery is a disappointment. But I think that you know at the time he signed, they knew he had a grade one sprain of his UCL. Every team knew that, and they still wanted him just because he was so young, and you're going to get him for at least six years and virtually no money. So even if you have to take a chunk out of that, you still, it's still worth getting him. And plus, he's basically had the most productive Tommy John rehab in baseball history because he was able to hit the entire time, pretty much, that he was out. So they've still got a lot of value out of him so far. And I think that just the way he's hit and the way he's pitched so far in the you know 60 innings and 600 at-bats, they're both well above average. So if anybody can do both of those things at an above-average level, it's hard to say that's a disappointment.
2: Away from Otani, what do you see for the starting rotation for the Angels this year?
5: Well, that's a good question. They've uh, they got Dylan Bundy, they got Julio Tehran, and uh, I think the thing that those guys most have to offer is they never really get hurt. The two of them have both started 90-plus games over the last three years, which is something the Angels desperately need. So I think they're feeling that if they can just have major league starters that stay healthy, that in itself will be an improvement, even if they're not really frontline starters, so to speak. They're just not going to their 10th and 11th starter on the death chart as they've been having to do in past years. Uh, besides that, they have Andrew Heaney. They are hoping they can get a healthy year out of him. He was healthy all of 2018, so they hope he can do that again. And uh, Griffin Canning came up last year as a rookie, and uh, he certainly showed some promise. He was their best pitcher at times during his uh, rookie season. And uh, then they got together Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Barea. Uh, kind of a cast of, uh, of thousands to, uh, to fill out the bottom of all that.
2: It's
3: funny. Mike Sosha was there and the Angels dug out forever, and then – Now two managers in in two different years after the fact. But what is the Madden factor coming into this season for the Angels?
5: Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, It's hard to say. Uh, And, you know, Angels fans certainly wanted to have Joe Madden as their manager. There's kind of a mystique about him, you know, because he led the Rays to the World Series and won the World Series with the Cubs. But I'm kind of a believer that the manager doesn't really have a huge impact. I think it's mostly the players. It's all the players. So you know whether Joe Madden is going to make them better, you know, remains to be seen. But certainly the fan base is excited about him, which I think counts for something. The Angels needed to do something to get their fans going again after four straight losing seasons, and I think, you know, that was that's been accomplished so far. And you know, we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: You know, I'm now realizing that we haven't talked to Jeff Fletcher, who covers the Angels. We haven't talked to him about Mike Trout. But <laughs> I mean, like. I like, he's the best player in baseball. Uh, thanks for your time, Jeff. I mean, like, right? I mean, <laughs> right. is there anything? I mean, he wins another MVP. He's got three of them now, Jeff. I don't really think there's anything else to say about Mike Trout. Am I, am I off base here? I mean, everything you is... No, I
5: I did, another, uh, I did another kind of season preview interview on another radio station yesterday, and we did not mention Mike Trout <laughs> at
3: all. That's <laughs> amazing.
5: That's amazing. So, yeah, I think we just kind of take it for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, Mike Trout, he's the best player in the world. He's going to go out there and, and be great. and.
1: You know, he's gone
5: to the Hall of (laughs) Fame. Cool. We're pretty
1: spoiled. Yeah. Okay. I think. Hey, nice job uh, summing up Mike Trout's career so far. Yeah. That was pretty succinct, uh, right on the money. Hey, Jeff, we're just happy that we made it through this whole interview, and you didn't hang up on us uh, for any number of reasons, mostly to cover a trade. So, uh, hey, we uh, really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be seeing a whole lot of you, and you'll be seeing a whole lot of us just like every other season coming up uh, not too long from now, Jeff.
5: Can't wait. Always love
1: going to Seattle. All right. Well, there he is, Jeff Fletcher. He covers the Angels for the Orange County Register. Uh, We've got more coming up on the hot stove in just a moment.